Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. I am your host, Elena Davis. I'm excited to share today's episode with you as I think it's a topic that many of us can relate to, which is weight loss. Camille Martin of Love to Lose is our guest on the show today. She is a registered dietitian and public health writer who has dedicated her career to helping women get off the dieting merry-go-round and actually set some helpful goals for their health. And you know, you guys know that I talk about goals and mindset often, and it's something that I think is so important in anyone's health journey. So I think that Camille's perspective on how those things actually affect our ability to lose weight and our focus on that is going to be really helpful for you. She shares more on how you can actually connect with her and learn more from her in the episode. And as always, everything we talk about will be in the show notes as well. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Camille. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward Podcast, where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. We are so excited today because we have a special guest, Camille Martin of Love to Lose is our special guest for today. Camille, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Elena. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, and we're so excited to talk to you. Before we jump into our conversation today, I want you to just kind of introduce yourself so that um, everyone knows who you are and kind of your background and just how you've gotten to this point in your journey with weight loss as well as in your career. Sure, I'm happy to. It's kind of a um, convoluted, long story. I'll try to get <laughs> make it concise. But um, yes, I'm a registered dietitian and I have been for let's say 20 years, which I can't believe. Um, I'm also a technical writer and editor for the CDC as my day job. Um, Yeah, it is cool. Um, And really how I got here, I'm 52. And so it has been a journey that started back when I was about 12 years old, um, when I started dieting. And I spent 25 years of my life almost dieting, trying to lose the same 10 pounds, which is crazy, um, and never succeeding, having a, um, a very, very dysfunctional relationship, not just with food, but with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an eating disorder, but basically for those 25 years up until my um, early 30s, I guess, I was consumed, and it sounds, you know, narcissistic, but from all the women that I've talked to and my clients, everyone, I feel a lot of women experienced this, but um, I was just, my, the dominating thoughts in my life were, um, how, how can I lose these 10 pounds and why can't I just look like this? Why can't I have this body, the body that I'm so desperate for? It was all about... Um, it was a disconnection from my body and feeling, you know, body dysmorphia, feeling like I needed to look perfect in order to have self-worth. And finally, after 25 years of being a chronic dieter, 
I couldn't take it anymore. And the mental torture and the emotional torture I was inflicting on myself, I literally one day in my apartment sitting by myself, I just cried. And I said to myself, this is, it's too much. I can't do this anymore. I would rather quit dieting and trying to, you know, beat my body into oblivion and look perfect and just be peaceful and happy with the chance, which I thought was a certainty that I was just going to gain tons of weight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would rather have that happen than continue living my life that way. Yeah. So I quit. And the next day I woke up with no plan to try not to eat or to eat only these kinds of foods and eliminate those foods with a plan to not wake up and do a five mile dead sprint. You know, just if I wanted to work out or go on a walk, I would do that. And if I wanted to eat something, I would eat it and just allow myself to do whatever I wanted to do to feel peaceful. Mm-hmm. And Elena, the opposite of what I thought was going to happen is what happened. I lost weight without trying. I mean, it, it didn't happen overnight, but I wasn't trying to lose the weight anymore. And it just melted away from this feeling of no resistance. So instead of always feeling this resistance of like willpower, trying, you know, not to eat, forcing myself to do certain things and killing myself at the gym and then staring in the mirror and picking myself apart. When all of that was gone, I lost interest in doing stuff like, you know, sitting in front of the TV and eating ice cream because I didn't need that checkout anymore. I was fully, uh, yeah, I was fully checked in to my life and to my health. And, you know, so to make a long story short about being a dietitian, I had no plan to become a dietitian. I was in marketing at Turner Broadcasting. It was crazy. Um, (laughs) But I, I decided I wanted to learn about my health and I wanted to learn about food and how it affected my body. So I just started Googling, reading books, and then I decided to take a class at Georgia State University after work a couple nights a week, and I loved it so much that I kept going. And so um, we can get into this later, but part of how I help women lose weight without dieting, obviously to quit dieting first, but to set a goal that has nothing to do with losing weight or what you look like, and the combination of... um, me releasing all of that resistance and also setting a different goal that got me enthusiastic and creative and inspired that spilled over into my health choices as well. Mm -hmm. So it was a, it was a beautiful experience. It, it really saved my life. Just, you know, the decision to quit doing all of that. So that's sort of a roundabout way of how I ended up here. And that's why I created Love to Lose My Business, because I do want women to, instead of trying to lose weight, then love your life, because now I've lost weight and now my life is perfect. You got to love your, yeah, I mean, that's what we do. We put our lives on hold and we don't, we don't really live because we think we need to lose weight first. But if you start loving your life, the weight will really take care of itself. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, like you said, so many of us can relate to at least some part of your story, you know, if not the majority of it, Um, because it does start so early with um, women, you know, from our preteen years or teen years, especially now, um, even more so than when, you know, we were growing up, like it is 
so much more um, with social media and comparison and all oh, yeah. of that. Like it's just, it starts so early. And it does. Um, I think all of us can relate to that feeling of this like constant uh, thought track in the back of your mind of this mm-hmm. like weight thing or this one particular health thing, you know, um, right. and just we get super hyper focused on it and obsessed with it. So I think we all can very much relate to that. And, you know, being that weight loss is such a common health related goal from, for most women, whether it's, you know, the 10 pounds that you were talking about, or it's a major, you know, weight loss goal either way. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you're talking about, it's not the actual weight that's no. necessarily the problem. And so can you explain a little bit about what you mean about that? Yeah, sure. And that ties in with the loving your life part is because weight shows up on your body. There's a delay. There's a time delay. So whatever you're thinking, feeling, and which is making you act today, the effects of that are going to show up in the future, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes tomorrow, but a lot of times in terms of weight, it takes a little while for the weight to show up. So what's happening is, is that weight is just a side effect. It's a symptom of what's really going on inside of you, how you feel about yourself, the identity you have for yourself and um, your thoughts and your feelings are driving you to make the choices that you make. And so that's why I say it's not about the weight because all you're doing when you're trying to lose weight and you're attacking that symptom, you're missing the real problem. And for me, the problem was emotional eating. And of course, the problem before that was the reasons why I started using food to make myself feel better. So that's where you have to start. Um, But yeah, weight is a symptom. Weight is a side effect. And to keep constantly trying to rid yourself of it without addressing how it's showing up in the first place is just a losing battle. You'll never lose it. That's why diets don't work because they don't help you change why you're eating the way that you are eating. Why are you eating in a dysfunctional way? And I will assert, you know, this is my experience of it, that If you are trying to lose the same 10, 15, or 20 pounds over and over and over again, if you're dieting and losing the weight temporarily and it comes back, I say that you are eating emotionally. You are using the way that you're eating is the problem because a diet is just, you're changing the menu constantly. And so what happens is when you go on a diet, you change the menu, you might be successful at it and double down and get enough willpower to finish out the diet for three weeks or whatever, and then you lose the weight. Well, then you go back to what you were doing, all of your old patterns and habits, and the weight comes back. And of course, those patterns and habits are driven by your thoughts and your feelings. So you've got to change that first. So that's why I say it's not about the weight. The weight is a symptom. Right. So I know like when I'm working with clients, a lot of times, you know, they will come to me and weight loss is, if it's not their primary goal, like it's real close, you know, to their primary Mm -hmm. goal. And so, so often when we really get into what's going on with them, they have all these other things, right, going on in their lives that's driving a whole lot of symptoms, including weight loss. And so, but it is just, I think it's our society and so much of our culture that makes us just really hone in on this idea of weight loss. And I think some of it is, you know, really the the scientific research is starting to kind of back up this idea of, hey, weight loss isn't the drive or weight isn't the driving factor. It's a symptom. Whereas before, maybe it seemed like 
that was primarily the reason behind all these, you know, chronic diseases that we have going on. And and now it's kind of showing like, no, that's one part of this story. And so I love how you're talking about that, especially in relation to just the emotional piece and the mental health piece and how so often we use food as this coping mechanism without even really knowing that we're doing it. You know, it's it's not like we don't have that connect of like, I'm sad or I'm lonely or I've got (laughs) these things that I can't control. So that's why I'm binging at such and such time. We just think like, it's just, we just do it. It's just this subconscious thing. Yeah. Well, I'm laughing because it's like, how could we even possibly be connected with, you know, our feelings about anything? And because our culture is so out of control, busy, and especially if you are, well, I mean, it's for everybody, but you know, if you're a mom, it's crazy. If you are just an employee and you have a a job that takes up, you know, tons of your energy and your brain space, and then you got to run errands, you got to do all that. Um, And certainly a working mom, we are all overloaded. So the amount of stress that's like um, just the chaos around us, we literally wake up, jump out of the bed. I mean, we may have a good workout and that's awesome. Or we may meditate before we go to bed, you know, for five minutes and that's awesome too. But like during the day we're it's hard to manage all of the chaos that's coming at us. So of course we're not recognizing that, you know, wow, I'm eating because I feel stressed. I mean, we, we say like, yeah, I'm a stress eater and you might be aware of that, but like in the moments you're right, we're not paying attention. But the, the really cool thing is, is that, and I show this to my clients that, um, you really are having thoughts before a binge eating episode, certainly after the episode when you're shaming yourself, but even during the binge eating episode, you're, you're saying things to yourself that you're not noticing. It feels like it's just, you know, automatic pilot. But like for me, for example, you know, now I know how to manage my stress a lot better, but it would be things like my narrative was, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. Nobody helps me. I do everything around here. I never get a break from it was this whole like victim mm-hmm. narrative. And then it would be like, I just need to relax and I just need to sit down and watch Netflix and I'm just going to eat my vegan ice cream. And yeah, it was vegan ice cream and that's awesome. But I was eating it to make myself myself feel better. And I would say things like, I deserve, you know, to eat this. I've been so good all day, this kind of thing. Um, But I wasn't noticing it. But when you start really, you got to be present, you got to be aware. And God bless women everywhere. We're not even aware for like five freaking minutes of the day. It's like, we need to get outside for five minutes, just sit down you know, get, take yourself out of your environment. If, you know, if you can just, you know, remove yourself from it and get back in touch with yourself and give yourself a break. You know, no wonder we're using food. No wonder we're using alcohol and no wonder we're putting ourselves to sleep with sleeping pills. We're, we're stressed to the max. So really, if you can start looking at how stress is affecting your life and start getting using ways to manage that stress and also be mindful and present in your own thought process, you have already won half the battle, if not more. So, yeah. yeah. How does our mindset and the kind of goals that we're setting for ourselves really play into this 
whether we are experiencing like real, you know, progress like you're talking about in our health journey or we're we're in this like merry-go-round type situation. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the number one dominating thought of most women's in their minds is I need to lose weight, you know, like I need to lose five pounds or I need to tighten up my abs or, you know, this kind of thing. So that's, that's not a goal. That's not a goal. That's self-hatred. That's, um, you know, and we all do it. And I still do it even after 52 years on this earth. But a goal is anything that reconnects you to a dream that you used to have when you were little or something that brings you absolute joy. So, you know, if your dream when you were little was to be an astronaut, you don't have to, you know, leave your whole family and go try to be an astronaut, certainly, but like you could find something in that dream to bring into your reality today. So for example, one of my dreams growing up was to be an interpreter at the UN. I just thought for some reason that would be like the most (laughs) dream job. And like, did you ever see that movie, um, A Perfect murder with Gwyneth Paltrow and Michael Douglas. Oh my God. Okay. You got to watch it, but she's an, (laughs) she's an interpreter at the UN. How did you even know that was a job? I wouldn't have even thought about it. (laughs) I don't know. I, I really don't know. I just loved everything international and travel and like, just, and I loved government for some reason. I had a fascination with that. So, um, yeah. So that movie is like, she has my dream job. She's like, you know, traipsing around Manhattan and her fabulous mm. clothes and like, yes. Know. Anyway, so, yes. So I took that dream and like I moved to France when I was, I quit my job. Um, when I was, this is actually before I became a dietitian, but I quit my job. I moved to France for a year. Everyone thought I was totally insane, but I was like, you know what? I'm doing this. It's been a dream to speak French and be fluent in a language. And I did. So like, and that doesn't have to be your big goal. Your big goal right now might be, I'm going to, you know, run a 5k or my big goal is I'm going to paint a painting because I always loved art and I put it on the back burner and we put it on the back burner because frankly, women are not, I don't believe trained to follow their passions. We give everything up, you know, for other people And that's a wonderful, beautiful thing to take care of other people, but we just do it at the expense of our own happiness and joy. So whatever it is, reconnect with something, just go daydream and remember like, oh yeah, I remember I really loved making jewelry or whatever. Um, So yeah, you just pick something that you love that brings you joy. And I just tell clients, you know, write down, extract extract a goal that seems quote unquote achievable for where you are right now in your life, pick it like, you know, you want to move to Italy and live in a, you know, in a small Italian village. Well, okay. What are 10 things you could do right now to get to that goal? You could go to Barnes and Noble and pick up a book and and browse through it. You could get online and research what town would be, you know, that you would love that would be, you know, exciting for you to live those kinds of things. And when you start taking small baby steps, just to go forward towards something that you love. It gives you confidence, which is what women so desperately need after dieting and failing for years of their lives. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm hearing you say one of the biggest markers of success is to take the focus off of the weight loss goal or the body-specific goal yes, and setting it to something that actually connects with who you are Mm -hmm. and what you actually are wanting out of life 
and then let that be your focus. And then you're kind of saying that these other things, these, um, you know, especially when they're emotionally driven are going to start to take care of themselves. Yeah. Well, so when you start setting and achieving goals that bring you joy, what happens is, is two things. Number one, you're so preoccupied in your mind with your goal that you're not, your thoughts, you know, shift from, okay, I'm not going to eat carbs today. I'm not going to sit in front of the TV and eat ice cream later. I'm going to make myself not do it. You're too busy thinking about something that makes you happy. And then also when you are doing these joyful things, it, it changes your energy level. And so it makes it easier for you to make healthier choices because, well, for one thing, you don't, you don't need, you don't have that need to like eliminate all of the resistance that you normally have in your body and in your mind um, because you've changed your energy and you've shifted your thoughts so that those things are no longer required. Um, So yeah, you're not going to be binge eating as much. You know, it takes time for these things, for these habits to change, but yeah, it just, all of that excitement spills over into every other aspect of your life, including your health. And it just makes it easier to make the right choices and you will lose weight um, by default, you know? And when I say that, I don't mean like, hey, go set a goal to speak French. And then, you know, next month you're going to have your perfect body that you always wanted. It's about like losing the grip on that's what I want in the first place. You know, I mean, like, why is it? Well, I know why it is. It's media. But like, why do we feel like our lives cannot be livable? Or we're so, it just, it enrages me that so many women, and that's why I'm doing this. So many women are just like spending all of their energy and their time and they're being, hating themselves and hating their bodies when all that energy, which is what I'm trying to do now is take all that energy I wasted and put myself out there or, you know, to help other people to put, women have so much power and we all have so much to share with humanity and we're not doing it because we're sitting around thinking, you know, like I'm so fat, I'm so disgusting. It's a freaking tragedy and it's a crime against humanity. If it sounds, you know, like, like I'm being dramatic, I really don't think I am. And that's why I'm doing this. So let me ask you a question and I didn't prep you for this question. So that's okay. Have, <laughs> um, you may not have an answer to it or, okay. you know, I don't know, but let me just ask you this question. So from the perspective of someone who is working with clients who have very specific health issues, right. That yes. they're trying to work on. How do we balance this taking off this hyper-focus on weight and health and all of that stuff and also making decisions and changes that are going to help support our body's ability to function when there is dysfunction going on in the body. Like how, as a dietitian, do you encounter that? How do you uh, advise and, you know, your clients in that? Well, yeah. And um, I don't encounter that very often, frankly, because I mostly work with women who are eating emotionally and that's their biggest Mm -hmm. issue. But to me, um, it's such a good question 
but like there's a huge difference in mental energy that goes with, I have a health condition and I'm going to do whatever I can um, nutrition wise to support my body in healing itself or in, you know, not breaking down because I'm not supposed to eat like gluten or, you know, um, specific foods or food elements. That's a different focus. So like you are enhancing your body's ability through your food choices to heal itself or to make sure that it doesn't break down. And that's positive. So on the other hand, when you're talking about, um, I'm going to cut carbs so I can lose weight, or I'm going to count all my calories and fat grams, and I'm going to, you know, keep track of how many steps I take to find out how much, you know, how many calories I've burned. That's a negative space. So it's just different if that makes sense. Yeah, that that, that actually, that makes a lot of sense in that. that, I feel like sometimes that's a hard balance, you know, to strike is like, you never want them to become like more obsessed, but also (laughs) some things really do need attention. And so I love how you framed that. It's a positive focus rather than a negative or coming at it from a shame, you know, yes. space. Yeah. Yes. So what is one, if, if you were talking to someone right now and you could just give them one practical action step, first thing to do today that mm-hmm. would actually help them with this, what would you say? Well, so let's see. Um, I have one that is like super, super, super practical that does have to do with actually, you know, eating and food. And then I have another one, which we've been talking a lot about that is more about your spirit and your soul. So we talked about setting a goal. That is the, the number one thing I would tell people is quit dieting. But the number one thing I would say is get today, forget about all of this BS, you know, like, oh my God, I'm on the, you know, whatever, the whole 30. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. Just drop it Um, and go grab a journal, um, go to a coffee shop, go out on your patio, go to a quiet place that brings you peace and joy and write down, just brainstorm and think back, you know, like we were just talking about when you were little, what were some of your dreams? Try to pick a goal out of that that makes you inspired and gets you excited and then write down 10 teeny, 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 tiny steps that you could take toward achieving that goal. And keep in mind, you don't have to actually achieve the goal. Just getting started, putting pen to paper and taking that time for yourself is life changing. So I would say that. But then if you want to go over here and talk about like really practical stuff you can do in terms of food. You need to make your kitchen a space where it's somewhere you enjoy being and that you have the tools that you need to cook and then it's not cluttered and that you're setting it up for um, for your success nutritionally because your environment is so critical to what you do every day. It, it literally pushes you to take action. So most of our kitchen environments are set up to sabotage us rather than help us make the right choices. So I actually have a free guide on my website if anyone wants to head over there and get it, but it's how to set up your ultimate weight loss kitchen. Um, and it's free. So it, it tells you exactly what needs to happen so you can get your kitchen in shape and um, yeah, make it work for you rather than against you. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I love how you talk about too, not just like the food that's in there. That's obviously that's important, but also like the space, the aesthetic, is it peaceful for you or does it stress you out? That's, that's really important. I like that. Yeah. So you mentioned your website, but where else can people learn more about you? You have a book, correct? 
I do. I have a book. It's called Love to Lose, Love Your Life, of course, and Watch the Weight Lose Itself. And you can get that on my website. It's on my shop tab. Um, But my website is CamilleMartinRD.com. Okay. And all my social media handles are on there too. Yes. Anybody wants to find me there. (laughs) Yes. That was going to be my next question. You're on Instagram. Yes. Oh yeah. Instagram, yes. Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, but I never tweet. So yeah, I, I, it. <laughs> I know. I don't even know why I have a Twitter account. I, I, don't, I don't either. <laughs> I know. Not you got to stick with a few, two or three and, and yeah. be good about those. Yeah. Yes. I'm with you. Well, thanks so much for spending some of your day here with us. This has been super helpful. I loved it. Thank you for having me, Elena. All right. Thanks. And thanks everyone for listening. I'll catch you next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.